Welcome. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and this is the Pet Loss Companion. It's a broadcast that my colleague and co-host Nancy Saxton Lopez and I deliver once a week on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's a live broadcast and then it's available on various podcast outlets and for replay on YouTube and and on Facebook. And tonight we have a very special program, which we'll introduce in just a couple of minutes. But we want you to know that this is a program that takes the, the information, the experience, the knowledge that Nancy and I gained over many years, decades, in fact, three decades, in fact, on Nancy's account, facilitating pet loss support groups. And we wrote a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. And this broadcast is an opportunity to, to spread that information and provide support and guidance in a broader in a broader way. And we very much appreciate when you dialogue with us, when you communicate with us. So please feel free to write us with suggestions, with questions, with your stories. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. And you can reach Nancy at N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C.com. We like to let you know as well that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides a whole bunch of services, including shelter and medical care and spay neuter and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Dakin is very committed to helping when it comes to the human-animal bond. Since its inception in 1969, Dakin has become one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and the national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin at and make a donation, and I'll repeat that, and make a donation at dakinhumane.org. That's D-A-K. I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. You can also, if you're so inclined, make a donation to support our program at the link that appears in the description of the program. And so, Nancy, want to get us started? Oh, yes. We're very excited tonight to have a very special guest. Her name is Zan Ottaway. And she is an animal communicator. And we we have a lot of people out there in our audience that will be very interested in saying what you have to say tonight. And I think, Ken, you have some information. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about Zan, and then she's going to tell us more. Zan started practicing as an animal communicator in 2013. She's going to tell us about how she got started. I want to tell you a little bit about her broad history as well. She's got a, a very interesting background in that she was a music teacher and a singer and a composer and a piano accompanist for several years in New York City and also practiced Zen weekly on and off at the first Zen Institute from 1994 to 2004. So welcome, Zen. Thank you, Kennedy. <laughs> and tell us, how did you get started with this work? Okay, well, um, I was having a hard time. I was trying to help my now late husband uh, pill his cat. His cat had an enlarged heart. And um, I had Penelope Smith's book, Animal Talk. And she has a step-by-step -step guide. She's considered the grandmother of animal communication. Step-by-step -step guide about how you talk to your cat. And so 
you don't have to be in the same room or even the same town, but I'm, I'm up at a diner on the Upper East Side. He's down in Chelsea. So I, I'm saying, like, how can we help? After some getting to know you things and other, you know, how are you, that kind of thing. How can we help you get take your pill more effectively? And she, she said, just give me a snack. And this was way back in the late 90s or maybe it was 2000. And I know it sounds dumb now because we all know about that training, more about training with cats now, but um, it, it worked like magic. And my husband was sort of an agnostic atheist and he was like, it, you did not read her mind, but it didn't matter because it, it just, as long as it's helpful, right. that, that, then your job is done, right? If you're helpful. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I, I fix every behavioral thing perfectly, but some things have really improved a lot. Some things have gotten a lot better. But we're talking about the afterlife today. And and so, okay. So in 20, I took a mediumship course for a few years. And at the end of the course, uh, Linda Hunter, who lives in Springfield, had uh, some tips on how to start a business. And it coincided with a, a network, um, a networking thing that happened to me in my Buddhist class here. Because I, I, I go to Insight Meditation of Western, we've changed it from to, to Western Mass, Insight Meditation of Western Mass. and. I just, we were talking and we used to share after the meditation and I was saying, well, you know, with healing, you could heal the spirit, the, you could heal the soul, but the, the, the animal might not decide, or the, I was talking about people, the person might have to go or they might decide to go. It doesn't mean the healing failed. Oh, interesting. You know, and then somebody said, oh, uh, and I was talking about a kitty, for example, but someone said, oh, could, could you read my friend's dog? And that was like my first real i did it pro bono but it's like my first what i considered a serious uh, case so how so when you were talking to your um the cat you know your husband's cat it it you you took in her aura right you kind of started to 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 really concentrate on her and speak to her right i mean that's oh, that Oh yeah, the way I do it, basically, I usually get a photo. I don't need a photo because you can also just hear about the animal, but I like to look into the cat's eye. I send love, I ask permission. You have to ask permission to communicate. And generally they will. Sometimes I might have to convince, I mean, I might try to convince them because they really do want to talk usually, um, but they might not want to talk at first. And I, um, in very rare cases, uh, they might refuse to talk, but the, with the same book, a couple months after my other cat died, um, I used Penelope Smith's Animal Talk to speak to him after he died, and I wrote it all. And it all, I got it all down in a journal. I was, I got, I like to write in journals, so I just, it all came into my writing. What is, what is it like? How do you get the information? Do you hear it? Do you hear it in your minds? In in your mind, do you, how does it work? That's a good question. I since probably because I did a lot of music in my life, I'm more clear audient and um, very sensitive to hearing. But Ken, I think it's important that we can hear our animals on all channels, like hearing, touch, sight, hmm. sound. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, I just said sound. Uh, uh, you know, touch, uh, heat, cold. Uh, taste, smell, we can, we can integrate all the senses. So my, my primary ones was hearing, but I, I developed the visual one a little more. And I'm, I'm, but I think the ideal is to really integrate them all and feel them on, on all the senses. And they're, they're kind of like extensions of the psychological 
or I guess physiological senses. So you use all of your senses really to encompass or be in with that animal, whether they are alive, right? Or they have passed on. Yeah, and one of those senses, some people have knowing or feeling and knowing mm. are also considered clairs. The cla okay. They call them clairs, the clairaudient or clair sentient, you know, the, 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 feel, the feeling or some people just know things. Right. So you, 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 you know it, and you know that it's coming from that connection, that animal. Well, when you I know like it, like I'm thinking, it's like the words come to mind. The words, yeah, is like that correct? Yeah. At this point, yeah, yeah. But some occasionally okay. might smell or taste or feel huh. some, or when you're doing a healing, this healing section, you might say, where am I drawn in my body? I, I feel something in my stomach. Did the did your dog have an issue today? Uh, oh, interesting, I right. That would make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So do you have a few stories about, um, you have, I think, a couple animals that had passed on that you worked with with your clients? Yeah, there, there was a beautiful orange cat that I think was east of me in Massachusetts that lived in, kind of lived outdoors in the backyard. And the owner was, or the guardian was very worried about what would he come inside? Because I think it was winter. But finally, he got cancer of the mouth and it was kind of spreading throughout his mouth. And she was trying to make the decision. One of the things I, I I can't tell you how long the cat will live or what to do, but I can say what I feel like the cat is saying or dog is is saying to me. And then I, I hope that helps the person make a decision. But some some people have a really hard time with the decision and I don't blame sure. them. Yes. And so I, what, I have to have a vet tell me. So what, well, what happened with this case? What was this? Oh yeah, cat so certainly the cat she thought she told me one day the cat came to me the cat finally came back and i think he knew it was time and he came to me and i can't remember if she had a home a home a, a traveling vet come to her home or she took him in but um or exactly how it happened but he came back when she felt she she knew it was time and she was a very sensitive and loving woman. And um, that gave her the indication. He, I mean, the whole thing was growing in his mouth. They could hardly eat, mm. but he, he came back to her and I, and she felt that that meant, you know, I'm ready now. Okay. Okay. And you said he came, he came back to her. He came back to you as well. Oh, Oh, I, I don't, Ken, at this point, I don't, all I was doing was coaching her and giving her messages from the cat. You know, there's a couple, okay. like, I can give her evidence. And I try, in, 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 the, in, the, in the beginning of the session, I tried to give someone evidence that I'm actually talking to that cat. But mm -hmm. I, I believe, like, in the law, that, that proof is in the eye of the beholder. Like, can you convince the jury? You mm -hmm. know? So so there's proof and then there's, evi there's evidence and there's proof are slightly different things. So, um, although... Although I think the field has moved ahead and some people are saying it's scientific now, which I haven't quite gotten to that point of um, saying I'm in science, <laughs> but, and I'm still at the point of saying, um, and some people don't even want the evidence. They want me to just go straight to why did my dog bite that guy or girl, mm -hmm. you know, they, they don't want to even hear. Yeah. I know he does this. I know he does that. They don't want a dog okay. and pony show. They just want to go straight to it. 
So and, anyway, and it, I honestly can't remember exactly. Well, what that, that the evidence, I was wondering what evidence is, and you're saying, you seem to have answered that, which is the evidence is you describing some of the things that this animal does, some of its yeah. habits. Is that right? Yeah. Or okay. things they see, they're, 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 they're just a couple things like what do they like to eat or play with? Um, what are some impressions of the household? How do they get along mm -hmm. with the family? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, how are they, you know? So in this case, you are helping this woman decide when, partly mm -hmm. when, not just, uh, she yeah. was talking to her veterinarian too, but partly when this would be the time because of what was happening with his cancer in his mouth. Well, yeah, and many people are sensitive to what their animal wants. And, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she um, also was trying to get him to come back. So she could do this. Because so he was an outdoor cat. So he was, yeah, okay. So he, he wandered back in, and that was partly one of the indicators that he was telling her, and you were coaching that with, that he, and maybe it was time for him. With messages. Yeah. And, and I, I don't, I, I, I don't, because, you know, what would happen if I said, yeah, it's time, and then they did it, and then they regretted it? No, understood. Believe me. I mean, mm -hmm. it had to come from the cat, but you could, you're an in, you'd help indicate that for her, right? And this is what's going on with the cat. So, like you said, they want to know, are they in pain? I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Right. No, no, a lot no. of people want to know. And, and you can tell that. You can say that. Well, um, I, I can say. I seem to have sore hips or I'm having trouble walking or I a lot of times they say, I wish I could walk better. I wish my stomach worked better. Okay. So you, you can take that information and say to the, to the, to the guardian, this is kind of what I'm getting from your cat. This is what he's saying, or this is what he's intuiting. This is what he's yeah, feeling, yeah. what I'm picking up. Okay. But sometimes it's a little bit impressionistic. Right. Yeah. Okay. So t tell us another story about okay, so a client. There was a, a cool woman up in Montreal and it was Halloween. And I for I honestly forgot it was sort of Halloween because I was trying to focus. And the cat, uh, it was a lost pet case at first. And mm -hmm. um, the cat said, well, I went out and, well, what happened is the woman ran out to therapy late and left her window open. The cat went out mm -hmm. the window in the city and lost cat. So. The cat was saying, well, I went out in search of candy, but I defaulted to Lebanon. And, um, <laughs> and I know it sounds weird, but my uncle used to work in the Middle East. So I knew that Beirut, Lebanon was the Paris of the Middle East. And there they were in Montreal where the waiters speak beautiful French and waitresses. And um, I said, are there any Middle Eastern restaurants in your neighborhood? And she goes, yeah, there's one right across the street. And she went there and there was a vet right next door and that's where she found the cat. But oh, that's I, interesting. Yeah. So that was one of my best stories, but the cat didn't make it. They got hit by a car. Ah. Oh. Wow. But we kept talking to him. We you know, we kept he gave that message from beyond Right. So that you could you could work with her around what the cat was was feeling after his death, after he was hit by a car. Yes. Yeah, one of, and one of the things you told me when we were talking before we before this broadcast, you said that 
you you are often not able to say whether the cat or the dog is alive or whatever animal is alive or dead. Yeah. You can tell you can you can communicate with their spirit, but that's often not something that's clear. Well, I've been taught that it's we really shouldn't pronounce on it. People really want mm -hmm. to know, but we shouldn't pronounce mm -hmm. on it because what if we say it's dead and it comes back, or what if we mm -hmm. say it's alive and it's not? But 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 uh, that's almost like a legal thing. But it's not. I mean. Uh, what I tend to feel, Ken, though, if they're speaking in symbolic terms, like I'm everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, then mm -hmm. that's, I, I mean, I, I won't go and say I'm everywhere. It probably means he's not in spirit, but I'll, I, I tend to think that if they're speaking in more symbolic terms, they might be in the next life. Mm -hmm. Or if they're that's saying true. I'm everywhere now, or I'm no longer sick, or I'm miraculous. Ah, right. Because I mean, they wouldn't we, be sick in the spirit world. That's right. Right. But I do, I have had some kind of, miraculous healing so the i i i i don't advertise it as my big specialty but there are are some miraculous healings but it could be a sign that you know i'm free i'm no longer sick yeah exactly nancy mm -hmm. what you said interesting so so you talk to you've been taught to them after and talk to their guardians and that i'm sure that that helps them though because you're getting the, giving them information about their beloved animal after they have crossed over, right? So, because people want to know if they're in pain, or people want to know how they're doing, or people want to know, you know, how how what was death like for them? Those kind of things. I would. Mm -hmm. well, there was a young woman who who it, we only took a half an hour, but the dog the dog a coll I think it was a collie had passed away. I think it was an accident. But came through, she was a very young woman, came through with so much light. But this woman was so trusting. And and I, I told her, hey, so much, there's so much light, there's so much joy. And I didn't really have a heck of a lot of major evidence, but there was some kind of transmission between us that she felt reassured that he was in a good place. Mm -hmm. But that's not the that's not untypical from what a little I've read about they at as they cross over, then they're they're free of pain and they're free of of yeah. illness and they're free of you know any kind of um, orthopedic issue. I mean, they're just young again, and, yeah. and so and that's and nice for people here. Yeah, and I think we tend to think that with people too. Yeah, I mean, so I, I wanted guess to ask you. I'm sorry. No, I wanted no, to ask you, you said that you've said that it's really a lot about connection and that many people can create this, this kind of connection. Can you say more about that? Like how, how your average lay person can perhaps use some of the skills that you've honed to be even more connected with their animal friend? Well, it's good to have a book. Uh, uh, I mean, Animal Connection is good. I mean, Animal Talk is good, but there's also another good book called Heart to Heart Connection. Only a hundred pages, and that book has it all. Even lost heart to heart connection. Yeah. Okay. And I forgot the author at the moment. I could get that back to you, but um, yeah. So, it uh, did you ever hear like um, people have varying opinions on the law of attraction, but sort of what you pay attention to grows. So uh, mm. the more you pay attention to this sort of fantastic you know and find some find some ways to practice at first i was doing them more um 
pro, pro bono and I still do some pro bono actually mm -hmm. I still do pro bono sometimes so so but just finding ways to practice and you know you can start practicing with a friend and I had a friend uh give me my sixth testimonial that I needed for the animal talk website animaltalk.net and I could hear like it was a very secular family I could hear the guys laughing in the next room <laughs> Uh, so what so what 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 would you advise somebody said i want to be able to i want to i want to really get more empathic with my cat or dog or horse or what what would you say like what are three things that they might do oh well i'm sorry i'm forgetting the obvious well you know meditate in the morning or at night whenever is the best time for you uh and Me meditate yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I found, well, for myself, I found meditation has been grounding for that. And I I used to like meditate for like two hours before a session, <laughs> but now uh -huh. I just feel like it's enough that, that I just do it every day. And, but, you know, for some people, they're, they're not going to, and you settle down like that. They might want to do walking or music, but something um kind of that you can get meditative, but I, I like to do, um, well, I went from Zen to Vipassana, and um, now I kind of do more of a medium's meditation, okay. which is like running but the, the energy. But, the, but like meditating, if you want to you want to get more empathic, you want to get more connected, meditate in the morning and the evening for like about how much time would well, you say? You could just start with two. I, I when I was thirty, I started with just two minutes from two minutes. Uh, yeah, because it's hard for some people to. Yeah, do. Yeah, it's hard right? for people to meditate. It's hard to do because well, of the time. Practice because, it. Yeah, you really. But what you're saying is just start, and that will kind of settle you down into a place where maybe you can, you can connect better. Is that is that the idea? with the cat when I have a cat and which is almost all the time it's like to get the cat to come sit in my lap and so we all meditate together and it lowers the temp and I try to teach my client this that it lowers the temperature of the household okay and you mean the emotional temperature yeah the emotional yeah. temperature yeah, yeah okay but and I also think yeah what else well I also think so they, so they start meditating then what well, we need to tire them out too, right? Like kids, like we also need a balance of like, you know, quiet where we're emptying our mind a little bit, but maybe we're just like watching the thoughts go by or whatever you do, whatever you do. But it's good to have a weekly class. But then the other thing is our cats need and dogs need to play, especially the dogs uh, really need mm -hmm. to run around and have fun. And um, so it's interesting to me, the whole idea of, of bal balancing those things. Okay. Right, because you're you're getting more attuned if you're spending the time meditating, which opens you up, and anybody can do that, and, and is helpful for anyone at any time to meditate. Right, just for health reasons, for our, our spirituality. Well, that's but cool. then with play, you're also connecting with that animal too. So you're getting more involved with how they are as a being. So, okay, that's cool. And then there's, there's, is there any other way that you, you can connect more? Well, I'm, when, my big secret is, I think I must've gotten this from a book or a teacher, but send love and ask permission. Uh, and uh, I, I'll just take a two minute, like I'll ring my bell and we'll say, let's get quiet for two minutes and sort of orient them toward a, a good posture. 
But the funny thing is that the mint, I'm starting to flip into the other space almost very quickly now. So I, I'm afraid I'm not yeah, really. Because you're practiced, right. I'm well, this really... isn't probably any, too much different than a psychic, right? Any kind of medium or psychic, this is what they would have to do to to be able to read into the animal or person, right? I would think. Yeah, it's a little bit of an altered space, yeah. I really like that. Send love and ask permission. Yeah. That's very beautiful. Oh, because we need more love. Yeah. And 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 I think that there's something about the quietness that you're describing, like sitting with your pet, maybe on your lap or right next to you on the couch or on the floor or whatever, or maybe you're both yeah, you're you're on the floor next to them and you are consciously directing loving energy toward them and asking permission to be in contact spiritually, emotionally is the way I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then you may, you may feel or hear or gain some sort of sense of what's going on with them internally. Well, oh, when I meditate with my cat, like just daily, um, we're really just sitting there and um, if they have something to say, they'll say it. But I, I mm -hmm. don't really, I, 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 I gotta say, I, um, I don't, I don't like check up on my cat with a, with a laundry list every single day. <laughs> we're really just, it's meditating. just a connection, just the connection. Yeah. yeah. What, what are some of the things that, that animals tell you? What are kind of, oh, do you have some okay. examples? Well, what do they tell you to tell their guardians? Oh, well, uh, uh, okay. Well, one of them I got was, I hope you learned, I, I, I didn't want to say this, but then the guardian actually said it themselves, but she's, the, the animal was like, I hope you learn from this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to say that. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> but they just what? never put them down and the cat finally died and you know, yeah, I've heard one medium that that I had talked to with one particular dog that I had, the dog had been quadriplegic and she mentioned that she said you had a dog that was that was 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 a mobile, you know, and she said, don't worry, she knew that you had to euthanize her and she was fine with that which, you know, I thought was kind of interesting. So that came through the animal communicator to me. A lot of animals could send their forgiveness, that, uh, not forgiveness, but they're like, yeah, we're fine. You know, I forget. I know that this had to happen and it was time. I hear yeah, something. Well, that's helpful for people because we have so much guilt, especially around euthanasia. So that if, if, if that guardian was told it's okay from their animal, it was okay. This was, it was time. It was fine, you know? That would be really helpful for people, which is good to know. So, other other things that maybe are surprising that animals have communicated to their guardians. Oh, well, sometimes I'll say stuff I'm not really sure I should say. You know, I, I was wondering about that actually. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Like what? Well, you know, there was one person where the animals started telling me about all the tension and politics going on in the house ah, uh, people, I had no idea <laughs> the, animal, the German Shepherd and anyway so I, I shouldn't say too much but um, and then one time my cat just said to me out of the blue shouldn't you be brushing me you know and just, just reminding me you know and, and then <laughs> I, have a cat to me, I hope you learn from this 
Yeah, I mean, like, learn what, I mean, this is pretty interesting. So if, so, some, if, the, if the animal if says the there was a lot of tension in the house, yeah. what would you say to the, to the guardian, to your client? I'm very well, curious about that kind of thing. Well, the I, diplomacy I involved. She said, she said you're having trouble with a roommate or something. And she said, oh, yeah. And, you know, it's some, it was just ordinary. A lot of it is very ordinary. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just life, right? Mm -hmm. The animals part of our life. They live with us. They absorb what happens in their home, right? Oh, that's so true. That's a big point to make that our emotions kind of get translated. You know, that just like part. just like children, right? Just like right. children. Children are absorbing the emotional tenor around them all the time. I mean, animals do the same. Very interesting. So, so Zan, we're almost at our at our limit of time. I also just want people to know how to reach you. Your website yeah, is Zan Ottaway. That's Z-A-N-O-T-T-A-W-A-Y.com. Again, Z-A-N-O-T-T-A-W-A-Y.com. What are some of the things that you'd like people to perhaps take away from this session? Oh, um, well, I, I, I like to say that actually we could heal ourselves and we can heal each other. And we're all, I th I don't have a big theology, but I think we are energetically connected. And just that it, it's good to, you know, um, use the energy available to us to help heal ourselves and others and to use it for good. <laughs> for good, right? And heal our, our animals too. Or I mean, they're healing for us, but we can become more connected. And you said something earlier. I actually can't remember if you said this during our, our broadcast or before that sometimes healing means transitioning, going into the next, into the next realm. And I, I thought, did you say that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the, how I that, first uh, actually real client was saying that in Buddhist class. Yeah. So that, that's a very, that's a very interesting thing. I think to, to emphasize is that healing doesn't necessarily mean surviving. It, it might mean transitioning. Ah, good point. And that, that whatever happens is okay, ultimately, right? I mean, that's, yeah, like that's there's something of, wrong is one thing I heard I channeled once from Ram Das, you know, to someone dying, that there's something wrong. You know, it's life. That's life. part of life is right. Yeah, that's 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 very beautiful as well. So there's nothing wrong. We're, well, we're I mean, dying. Dying is part of is part of our life. part of our lives. Part of the life cycle. It's natural. It's not. This it's it's not necessarily anything wrong. Why don't we stop there? And we just want to thank you, oh, thank you very very Thanks much so for much. being with us. And uh, it's right. very interesting conversation. <laughs> so thank you very much. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.